You know what I just realized today? Okay, so this happened when I was in the car and we were listening to, um, I think it's Tyga's song featuring Nicki Minaj. Haven't heard it. Okay. I literally didn't even tell you the song. I know I haven't heard it though. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you're saying it's a new song and it's the two of them, I have not heard it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's called uh, Dip. And like this is, I guess, a Dip remix featuring Nicki Minaj. So tell me if you hear anything, because I sent it to my friend and, and he heard it. And then, okay. Young money. Uh, I know you're going to do it for the grand, right? First things first, I f- get all the money. Girls like me, keep it honey. Girls like you, cause you funny. You boys ain't stunners. I'm the one that came in. Can you hear that, like that background beat? Yeah, it's just a standard grimy 808. I could be your daddy, cause I am a mother. So this is Zizi by Kodak Black. Produced by the same person. That explains everything. <laughs> it's like it's literally it's literally the same with Little Wayne's and Millie. Oh yeah, like with Little Wayne's and Millie, it was like I remember I heard that beat. Mm-hmm. Everybody went crazy over it because it was just like this heavy, yeah, this mm-hmm. heavy eight away and a snare and a clap. And then it was Breakup by Mario came out. Featuring like Sean Garrett and somebody else. I forget. I think Gucci Man. Yeah, Gucci Man. And I was like, this is the exact same beat. Same person producing. Yeah. Maxwell made it. It's like once the like beat drops, it's the exact same thing. He just added like a guitar to it. Exact same beat. And then Diva. By Beyonce. Oh, that's a very like repetitive song. Yes. Oh, I can even hear her singing Diva right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I hate the laziness. <laughs> and that you can sell like the same beat to like four different artists. <laughs> like, I might give Bangladesh a slight break because apparently Birdman never paid him. Oh wow! For a milli, mm-hmm. or six foot seven foot, but still, the fact that I keep hearing the same beat on different songs is like, nah. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. Very. So it was like when I heard each one, like, I got a million. I got diva. I didn't want to get the Mario one because I never liked Gucci Man. I still don't. Okay, that's fine. And yeah, I was just like, why is he getting away with selling the same beat? Just mm-hmm. putting a guitar on one, putting I'm a Tifa on the other. <laughs> uh, you can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> How do you want to start? Do you want to welcome people? Do you, you want me to? You're the host. I, it's true, but you did you did a pretty good job last time. I know I did a pretty good job last okay. time. You're still the host. Like it was. I said pretty good. I didn't say better. I said Welcome I everyone don't... at the fair. <laughs> <sighs> hello, hello. Welcome everyone at the Fairpoint Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Fairley II, and our man, main man, producing man. I don't know why I had so many men parts of that. We're going to be talking about men this episode, though. Bertram Zeke. Wow. 
What, Alley what? oop and slam. <laughs> Thank you. But what? No, 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 no. If I say everything for you, but but no, no, no. You you set it up. You set it up. Okay, sorry. You uh, set Bertram it up just, Yeah, you set it up just right. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh snap, he did it. We good. Is in. We rolling. We getting back to on the court on defense. We good. <laughs> okay. This has tired me. <laughs> I'm a little too hyper. <laughs> my headphones keep falling off too. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm just imagining. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's that, that's already faded out by. Now. Oh, okay. Uh, well, welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for listening to the Fairpoint Podcast. Um, it again always surprises me. I guess it shouldn't surprise me at some point how many people listen and how engaged people are. Um, found out today my mom's a regular listener. So, hey, Mommy Cakes, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Nice. Um, Has she been a regular listener since the beginning and just didn't tell you till now? Yeah, she was just kind of like, I was trying to explain to her my New Year's resolution uh, about like being you know more intentional about what I input and outputting more. Mm. And she's like, yeah, I was on the podcast. I was like, you listened? <laughs> I like, felt really special. It's like, did <laughs> Did you hear about what I thought the greatest gift I gave someone was? And it was <laughs> the blue apron gift to use to spend more time together. <laughs> she was very appreciative of that. Um, but it was good. I'm glad that she listens. And which I mean, I guess like, I don't know. It's something that your parents are like supposed to support you and stuff. But it's still cool. You know, mm. it's nice when when your mom listens. So, hey. Yeah. I just remember the second episode, I heard my mom listening to it. Oh, that so. would be weird. Yeah, <laughs> especially since she listens to it at 1.5 speed. Right. So she's listening to it at 1.5 speed. She's like, you can't slow it down for your son. <laughs> <laughs> you can't listen to it at normal speed for your son. You still got to listen to it at 1.5 speed. You don't, don't got the time. I don't, I don't got the time. You got too many podcasts to listen to. You got to speed through. <sighs> it's just so sad. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you'll get over it. Eventually. Yeah. Um, awesome. So then, yeah, there's been a lot going on, I guess, in the past, even just four days. Mm-hmm. I remember last time, if not last podcast, maybe two podcasts ago, I thought the government was going to shut down or the government was going to have a state of emergency oh, by now. Emergency. Um, but then, of course, Trump's like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try just standing my ground and never giving in and anything mm. and it's obviously hasn't worked yeah. even did you see nancy pelosi said um hey i know the state of union's coming up on january 29th but you should just like maybe just like send an email or something like i wouldn't you like there's gonna be people that are furloughed right now that won't be able to protect the place that we're supposed to won't be able to protect the house um and so like you're going to be requiring people to work without pay in order to do this mm-hmm. and the government shut down and you like, why, why do you need the state of the union? Like you should just, Nancy said like reschedule it until when the government's open again. Yeah. When you could actually pay people. Right. Um, but of course, no, I think he's, he's still going to do it on the 29th. The government probably will still be shut down by then. Um, if people don't continue to call their senators and especially like if you have Republican senators that, are just like kind of sitting around waiting for Trump to agree to something when they know that there's only one thing he's going to agree to, which is like building a wall. Mm-hmm. You need to call your senators, Democratic, Republican, whoever is holding out and say like, look, like there are people that are affected in my family, in my life. There are people that are not receiving or about to stop receiving EBT 
um, and other, you know, subsidies, like just stop playing this game. You know, these are people's lives. I know it's not affecting you personally or it's not affecting the president personally, but you need to like get it together, you know? Yeah. Something that I saw on Twitter yesterday was apparently all the uh, Democratic freshman House representatives Mm -hmm. uh, went to the Senate, talked to Republican senators and got enough to actually get the government reopened. Okay. And then they were trying to track down Mitch McConnell because they couldn't do the vote without Mitch. Mitch McConnell. So, like, I saw, like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweet, mm-hmm. like, where's Mitch? <laughs> and, like, you just see, like, videos of all these uh, freshman Democratic House right. uh, representatives, like, walking, like, out the building uh, trying to find Mitch. Oh, my gosh. There, there are a few people that have just tormented my soul the way that Mitch McConnell has. Um, I mean, just even thinking about like the way in which he, the way in which like Merrick Garland's, you know, uh, Supreme court seat was stonewalled and a lack of a better Confederate term by him, uh, to make sure that he like that, make sure that President Obama didn't get a person. You know what I mean? That he didn't get a Supreme Court justice or didn't get another Supreme Court justice after Sonia Sotomayor. Mm-hmm. Um, just like seeing stuff like that and the way that he was able to justify it and how, I mean, it's just something that the Republicans will do is they'll you know shut down the government for this or they'll shut down the government over health care, giving health care to millions of people, shut down the government or. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that where like Democrats aren't willing to like play that game, you know? And it's one of those things that I think is just so annoying. And it reminds me even of like social justice where you're doing something and you want, like you want people to understand and agree that like masculinity can be really toxic or that, um, racism is really harmful to people and it shows up in more ways than just the KKK burning a cross in your front lawn. Mm -hmm. Like there's racism in really small microaggressions Mm -hmm. or you know things like that but you get to the point where people are just kind of like not listening not listening not listening to you and then if they have like any semblance of give then you have to like accept them you know and Mm -hmm. kind of like forget everything that they did before and be like okay well like now you're on our side or like now you kind of get it so i'm gonna forget all the racist things you've done before Mm -hmm. you know yeah the term microaggressions was definitely like sticking in my head Mm mm-hmm Especially, like, when you were, like, saying all the stuff where it's not just just burning, like, a cross in the yard, stuff like that. It's just, like, yeah, microaggressions is microaggressions. And then you said microaggressions, (laughs) I was just, like, yes, we're on the exact same page. But, yeah, like, that's the thing is getting people to realize what they're doing is a microaggression and how Mm. microaggressions stack up. Yeah. Like, people will say stuff all the time. And it won't even be, like, the same person does it. It's just the same person that deals with it. So, like, being somebody that's black, you could walk around and somebody can talk to you about how black people are, try to introduce you to the one other black person that they know, mm-hmm. or will, like, describe things as urban and just, like, what are you trying to say? Like, really just doing all these things where they don't even realize it. And if you were to stop and tell them, like, what they were doing, they'd probably shrug it off, be like, oh, that's nothing. It's like, no, that's a microaggression. And I keep dealing with it fr- from you and a million other people. Mm-hmm. And it's really getting on my <laughs> Like, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things where people need to actually start acknowledging the fact that it's something that exists, that it doesn't have to be an extreme thing in order for it to be a bad or wrong thing. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think about it's like the stub toe theory. I don't know if it's a theory, but it's basically like if you stub your toe at the beginning of the day, right? Like you're mm-hmm. getting out of bed and you stub your toe in the corner, walking out of your bedroom, and then you stub it again, like at breakfast, and then you stub it like two or three more times throughout the day and you keep hitting the same toe. Mm-hmm. And then let's say you're at lunch somewhere and someone, you know, you're sitting at a table, someone lightly grazes your toe on the side and then you just flip out and you're like, what is going on? Like mm-hmm. you start getting really mad, you blow up on this person. And then the person is just kind of like, whoa, that's out of nowhere. I barely touched your toe. Like, chill out. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. a big deal. But not realizing that from your perspective in your day, you've injured your toe. You've been dealing with it all day long. All day long. And you've had these, like, recurring injuries that stack up to the point of where you're just tired of it. Like, you Mm -hmm. absolutely can't take any more. Um, this happened to me actually, one of the best examples I can think of as a microaggression that I know that I still think about, but that this woman, uh, who did the microaggression, like has no idea, like probably like if I brought it up to her, she'd be like, I don't even know who you are. Mm. But so one day, um, so I used to work in, this is not a flex. This is not a flex. This is not a flex. I used to work in the white house. Weird flex, okay. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. I, used, is, I know you've heard uh-huh. this is not a flex. It's like you. The White House. Yes. White House. Right. How many other White Houses are known as the White House? I know. That was the one that I worked at. Actually, it's not even an odd flex. That's a straight up flex. That's not even (laughs) odd. I know. Um, so it's under it's under the Obama administration. And when I was going to work one of the, one of the days, like in the very beginning, um, I was taking the metro. And I take the metro. It was like from pretty far out um, where once you get closer into the city, it's like harder and harder to find seats. Mm-hmm. So normally if you're like on the one of the last lines furthest out in the county, then you'll be able to get a seat pretty easily. Um, so I remember sitting down, but I knew that it was going to be hard for people to find seats. So I, what I always do is I'll, I'll sit down in my chair and like, I'll keep all of my stuff into like one seat. You know what I mean? Try mm-hmm. not to manspread or whatever. Just kind of like, this is my seat. I'm just going to be right here, bag under my feet, that type of thing. And so I remember there's this woman that came in, um, a couple stops after I got on and she walks in, like she has a bunch of bags with her, like as if she had like just gone shopping or something. Um, but she walks in, looks up as she steps on the train, sees me in like an open seat next to me, kind of like shudders, grabs her bags closer, and then sits down literally on top of this other woman's bag in like a semi-open seat so that she didn't have to sit next to me. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, wait, what? Like there's, there's literally nothing next to me. There's just an open seat, but you saw me, you saw a black man on the train, you shuddered, realized you need to take a step back and then sit down to another white woman, sit down with another white woman on top of her bags, as opposed to like just sitting next to an open seat next mm. to a black person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things of just kind of like something I thought about for like the rest of the day. And that, again, I can bring up now, but I'm sure that, like, if I ever found this woman and talked to her and was like, hey, remember me? Like, I was a guy on the train. She'd be like, what are you even talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, something that just, like, is to- totally blind to her own perception. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was, like, a very visceral reaction. It wasn't like, I'm thinking about this. There was a black guy. I'm scared of black people. I'm going to sit somewhere else. It was just like a, oh. Mm-hmm. So... Things like that, I think, are pretty interesting um, as far as microaggressions and understanding those little little points that really stick to you and that can make your day a lot harder. Yeah. All right, Bertram. So uh, we, have, we have a couple of little different lineup today. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to do a little bit of I Like It Like That and a 
California. That's too damn bad. There we go. And then afterwards, uh, we have some special, oh boy. special trivia. Oh boy. I'm very excited about this. Oh boy. Because I really enjoy trivia podcasts. Actually, me and my mom listened to a trivia podcast uh, when we were driving around together. I'm excited. You're probably not going to do too well <laughs> because I just found out personally many of these facts today. But uh, what, that, what's the subject matter? Can you give me like a hint on the subject matter before we get to yeah, yeah. doing that? T- okay, what is it? Wait, can you guess? No. Okay. They're, they're, you're asking me to guess what the <laughs> trivia subject matter is out of all the trivia subject matters that it could possibly be. It's like, well, is it World War II? Right. <laughs> close. No, it's not close. Uh, so it's related. It is uh, about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Huh. Yeah. So we're going to do a little bit of trivia about him and his life. I might not do too bad on that. Yeah. I think you can do okay. There's a couple easy yeah, questions. Like there, yeah, there's probably going to be some that I don't get, some that mm-hmm. are like complete shoo-ins, and then some where I might surprise you, and yeah. some where I may be like, oh, well, I was close. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can see that happening. It's just like, I mean, I knew it was Memphis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that'll be fun, but I think that'll, that'll come at the very end. Um, and I want to start doing more fun segments at the end, because I think that we've ended the past two, three, every podcast with The World is Trash. Yeah, <laughs> especially the last two, because we kind of just we mm-hmm. acknowledge is like the world is trash. It's like, do we just bring it back to the world is trash again? I know. But this time we're not we're not going to talk about that. Oh, wait, the last question is kind of a world is trash. I'll switch, ah! I'll, I'll switch it around. I'll switch it around. <laughs> OK, OK, um, cool. So, yeah, let's get into it. So you can do yours first. You go ahead and do um, <laughs> speaking of the government shutdown. What might it be affecting these days? Well, for this That's too damn bad! segment, <laughs> Daniel's laughing because I literally said nothing. <laughs> I just let the drop play. So for this segment, it's going to be a matter of, well, as most of you probably know, the Clemson football team won. What is that conference even called? Like, I don't watch football. It was just a national championship. Just for a football. national championship for F- college football. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that thing. But as a reward, <laughs> quote unquote reward, they were given the opportunity to go to the White House to meet the president and have dinner there. Well, all national, like everyone that wins a national sport, yeah, like a national championship, gets to go. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. get this invita- invitation just like anybody else that wins. Mm-hmm. In their whole entire sport for the year. Right. And they get a nice big platter of McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, you name it, from our presidents at the White House. <laughs> Paid out of his own pocket, you know? He really dug deep. He couldn't have gotten a <laughs> Trump steak? <laughs> oh, God. It's probably the same meat these at McDonald's. Probably. But at least it would be better presentation where people would feel like he actually tried. Because mm-hmm. there are quite a few things I have a problem with with this. Number one, you have all these college students mm-hmm. that just won. Most of these guys probably will not play football past the college level. Yeah. So they will never get this opportunity again. Mm-hmm. Secondly, some of these kids are probably like, I'm going to the White House. I need some better clothes. And mind you, college kids do not get paid. That's true. Not college athletes. Mm-hmm. 
So, some of them might have gotten new clothes that cost a lot more than what they ate. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think about that. And if I'm going to the White House mm-hmm. to eat dinner with the president, whether I like him or not, I assume to be eating something on my plate that costs more than something that a college student could afford in order to dress up when they don't get paid for the sport that they play. He straight up went to the dollar menu and was like, yo, give me a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Third, he apparently, I've seen articles about how he's like signed something about paying furloughed workers, which I'm pretty sure that's already a thing. Well, they'll get paid when they get back to work. Yeah. When they get back to work. That's the whole thing is like not paying them now, but still paying them when they get back to work. You couldn't put this on the furlough like pay. <laughs> You can get the chefs to be like, hey, come in, cook. Mm-hmm. We will pay you back when the uh, government opens back up. Instead, it's, no, we're going to go run and get fast food. That's a pretty good Trump voice. Thank you. It's uh, my impersonation of Trevor Noah doing an impersonation of Trump. Okay. So it's probably not the best. It's probably better to get it from the source. Mm-hmm. But and anyway, just continuing with the subject matter. Third. <laughs> no, actually, this is fourth. Fourth. How long has that food been sitting there? Oh, that's true. Because when I get McDonald's fries, Mm -hmm. if they're not hot anymore, if they're not warm, (laughs) they're empty calories with no enjoyment. That's true. They're so nasty. Yes. So. Uh, I'm just imagining having soggy fries. mm Mm-hmm. That's not good. So there's that along with it. And then you have all these people be like, well, he paid out of his own pocket. It's like, um... How much out of his own pocket do you think he actually spent on this? Right. If you say 500, okay. How much money does he have? <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't afford actual catering. He couldn't get Panera. Yeah. Yeah. He could. These college kids would be so happy if you actually brought in Panera, Chipotle, mm-hmm. like anything that's actually like really good. That's not your basic greasy fast food. Right. And these are college athletes. Like, yes. The best. Like after winning this football game, alleged like you know what I mean, like the best yeah. college athletes in like, the nation I, in their like sport. Like some people might think, well, these are football players, so you'd think that they would have no problem eating heavier food, because some of that might go to like, well, they're like a linebacker or mm-hmm. what? I don't really don't know football. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that like is, that is a position. I know it's a position. I just don't know where the heck they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just like having a, like a big guy that's harder to move. You think giving them something that's a a heavier meal would be better for them mm-hmm. or that they would like for being able to keep that heaviness so they're not pushed over so easily okay <laughs> but at the exact same time it's like well if i'm going to the white house to eat food i don't want to go and eat something that i could just walk to go get on campus and it wouldn't actually hurt my pockets to get it mm-hmm. yeah no honestly i mean that's something that gosh i mean there's there's just one thing after the other. Um, and some of it is just comical, right? Mm-hmm. When you have things like this, it's like he does actual really hurtful things like shut down the government and, mm-hmm. you know, have his ego take over and affect hundreds of thousands of people's lives. Um, millions, really, if you count in their families. But then he just does stupid stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, we know you like McDonald's. We know that this is like the thing that you would choose to eat. If yeah, we you know that you fall asleep with a Big Mac on your chest. Right, just with a handful of uh, a 20-piece count from KFC. We get it, mm. right? We know that's your lifestyle. 
that doesn't mean it have to be our lifestyle. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we have to do this with you. Mm-hmm. Can't you just fat in peace like Cardi B? <laughs> Why? Why do we need to be a part of this? <laughs> it was just like this. Like, I just remember seeing the whole layout and I was at first on Twitter and I was like, what is this about? Just seeing like a proud Trump over mm-hmm. like all these platters of fast food. And I was like, what's going on here? I really thought that it was like photoshopped in. What? I was like, oh, this is just like one of those like Andy Reid and Applebee's like commercial type of things. Well, see, like I didn't even like read anything into it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't read what anybody said on Twitter. I didn't read any headlines. I just saw the picture. I was like, what is Trump doing? <laughs> and then like eight hours later, I look out on Twitter and I see, imagine winning like the championship in college mm-hmm. football. And this is what you get rewarded with. And I was like, wait, that's what he did? <laughs> like for real? Like for real. And then I like look at everything. I'm like, oh, Trump, you wrong. You so wrong. You're always wrong, typically. Right. Like you're maybe right like twice a day, like a broken yeah. clock. Yes. <laughs> but you wrong for this. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. It um, really is. And again, the choice of food, right? Like what? You couldn't find anything else. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people try to defend him. It's just like, he paid out of his own pocket. There mm-hmm. are some of the students there that were like fine with it. It's just like, do you really think that some of them are really going to like talk about the president like mm-hmm. that? Especially, this is South Carolina school, which you got kids coming from out of state. Right. But you're right, more right, likely right. to have more local people. Mm-hmm. And who did South Carolina vote for? In a majority? Mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, it was just, you could see the disappointment in some of their faces as they just, like, picked up a Big Mac box, <laughs> put it on their plate, didn't even open it, nothing. They just, like, put it on their plate, just like, okay. Mm-hmm. Just, like, kind of walking, like, disappointed college students look. <laughs> like, like they had the same look as, hopefully this will all be where he could worth it because i don't have any sleep i'm gonna have a lot of debt mm-hmm. i haven't seen my friends in a while either <laughs> like they had that kind of look as they were like putting the food on their plate there was like maybe one guy that you saw was just like oh i like big Macs," <laughs> and that's about it i mean i like i would already be pissed that i had to go because i'm sure they didn't have a choice like the eagles didn't go mm-hmm. like you know what i mean so I, i'm sure that like they were also like grown adults that like can make their own decisions and have their own contracts and money mm-hmm. but um but it's one of those things where possibly they wouldn't have any choice because they're college athletes oh absolutely not yeah no you're not you're like owned by the system you're owned by mm-hmm. like the the school because they're paying for all or most of your tuition to go there mm-hmm. um I guess, wait, no, the Eagles, wait, there was, like, I think the mascot went. It was a very, like, small number of people that went. Um, but still, I think that that's just, I would already be pissed that I had to go. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, really? Like, we're going and this? Mm-hmm. This is too much. I, I would try to find a way to leave. <laughs> I, I will say, and I, this might have just been how it came across in my feed. In every single picture or, like, snippet of all the college students grabbing their food, I did not see one drop of melanin. Really? All I saw were like pictures and videos of white, white college kids. Whoa. I don't know if I even noticed that. I knew that the one guy looked like Sunshine from Remember the Titans, their quarterback. Never watched it. You never watched Remember the Titans? Nope. <laughs> I don't pay attention to like anything football really. What? 
I know. It's Remember the Titans. It's Denzel Washington. So? It's they got a roll and then the hey and oh my god. My gosh. mom loves the movie uh, Facing the Giants, which is about like this football team that has no chance and it's like a Christian based movie. And I just keep like giving her a time about it because like, mom, this is a terrible movie. No, it's, it, it's like I don't I don't care about any, I don't really pay attention to anything football. Uh we're gonna watch Remember the Titans. That's just that's unacceptable. No, 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 no. I'm not letting another friend force me into watching something ever again. I had a friend force me into watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I was like, okay, at the end of it. <laughs> this is Remember the Titans. This so is, this is so it's such an amazing movie. There's heartache. There's uh, there's so much. It's so good. It's really you, good. You just, okay. you just well, described just, a typical mainstream movie. To no, me. but it's more than that. It's more than that because it's Denzel Washington and it's like a really great role for him and he's a coach and then there's like this little girl who's super into football and she loves it and she's like... Just well, that's a big one thing that me and that little girl team. do not have in common. <laughs> there's racism. There's so much in it. It's just, it's a really great movie. Um, I think you'd really enjoy it. I, I'm going to ask... Uh, never mind. I was going to ask... Have you seen Coach Carter? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've seen Coach Carter. It's not the same movie, but it's a similar it's movie. Like the like, bas- it's like a basketball premise to the same story. Basically, yeah. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll just stick with Coach Carter, and <laughs> you can stick with the Remember the both? Titans. Both? Because they're both amazing, and I think that you should watch Remember the Titans. I'm good. Either way, you should look it up. There's like literally there's, there's just like pictures of him, and uh, the guy's name was Sunshine. He was like the only white kid on the team. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. Uh, anything else? Um, well, the that's too damn bad of this is Trump. You got pockets. <laughs> Dig into oh, them. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember seeing a joke. It might have been from Trevor Noah that it was uh, Trump looked more proud of the meal of fast food than he mm-hmm. is of his own children oh absolutely especially like <laughs> Tiffany and eric oh my god dude i don't even uh, he just hates those kids <laughs> yeah so yeah that's too damn bad is pay up trump you can <laughs> just do it yeah. learn, learn from colin kaepernick from this past summer with that just do it <laughs> just do it Way to go. But speaking of advertisements, that's actually a pretty good segue because Nike advertisement received a lot of support and backlash. Um, people were burning their Nikes. You know, other people were buying Nikes. Note that the burned Nikes were not anything that people would buy that they would like flaunt. Oh, so they were like, like it was like the Nikes. cheap, like $29 Nikes. It uh, wasn't like the $200 Nikes mm-hmm. and seeing people like cut off the tops of their socks is just like, <laughs> it looks so stupid. It's like, what happened to your elastic homie? Right. Cause then how are your socks going to stay up? Mm-hmm. Ain't got no elastic. Uh, but there was another commercial that just came out, or I guess it's called like a short story, but it came out on a couple nights ago, but it's by Gillette. Um, and it's, Basically, the commercial is the company's basing a film off of um, it's called Believe. And their film is based off of changing their slogan from the best a man can get with the best a man can be. So this is something that is I thought was really amazing uh, and was talked about holding men accountable. 
Um, we're going to watch it now and do some commentary, but... Oh, no, we're turning into a reaction. I know. We were just talking about this. Have you seen it? I watched it last night when there was nobody Bullying. in the, the Me Too movement against sexual harassment. masculinity. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Bro, not cool, not cool. Some already are. In ways big Yo, men. and small. I am strong. I am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. So cool. So that was the video. Um, I think that it's just like, I don't know. What were your thoughts? I'll ask your thoughts and then we'll we'll go from there. Well, there was definitely different things that stood out to me because I feel like it's it's definitely one of those things where it's always easy for anybody to pull out. Like even like the big things are the microaggressions of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably like one of the bigger things that we could say of toxic masculinity. Well, I I just remember a whole like little interview segment that was done where someone went to a Trump rally and asked people about why they should vote for Trump and not Hillary. Mm-hmm. And there was this one woman that actually said, well, women would just start wars because of all the hormones. Like, and that's why Hillary shouldn't be elected to which the person interviewing was just like, hasn't all wars been started by men mm-hmm. and that's actually a pretty big thing of toxic masculinity is like it gets leads to violence and probably the most violent is when countries get into actual wars As a matter of fact i think there's a i don't know if it's a real thing or not but there is a tale of i think it's the trojan war okay isn't it isn't that the one where there was like Helen of Troy, where she was supposed to be like the most beautiful woman? And then like there are basically two countries that fought over her. Yeah. That's pretty toxic. Yeah, it is. And over like property and thinking that she is property to be mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. There's just there's so many things that go into this. I mean, I think that it, it did a really good job of showcasing the small things like kind of the microaggressions that we talked about whether it's just smile sweetheart right you know mm-hmm. telling women to smile and making women like have like they have to p- perform and have to put on this face of like everything's okay everything's all right i can't bruise someone's male ego because then you know they won't want to hang out with me anymore or i can't date anyone 
or this won't be marketable like in a sense of entertainment like something that happened with uh i think was brie larson she's the one that's playing Mm -hmm. uh captain marvel yes was people criticized like the posters when they came out as like you should smile on the posters to which like somebody apparently photoshopped smiles on every single like marvel (laughs) hero and just like how does captain america look with a smile how does iron man look with a smile (laughs) Why should Captain Marvel have to smile? Right, because literally every there was not one picture of a Marvel superhero that was smiling. Yeah, you know, every and they one expect of them. the one female lead of a movie mm-hmm. to be all smiles. Exactly, and Everything's that's like fine. even if you like watch the trailers, like that's not her character. Her character is like confused, trying to figure out who she is, mm-hmm. fighting a force that she knows that she's fighting. Like she punches one of the things that she's trying to fight that looks like an old lady. <laughs> Like is she right, just she's right. just like staring her down and just like like knocks her upside the face and it's just like you want her to smile before she hits her? Right, exactly. Those are the things that can transform into anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's it's just one of those things of like it's a small microaggression of like that leads to larger implications, right? When you tell a woman to smile all the time, you're telling her that like you have to uh, you have to look pretty to me you have to appease me you have mm-hmm. to look pleasant and welcoming to me just yeah. because i'm walking past you on the street yeah and something yeah. that really stood out to me and that ad also was the part where they're in the conference room and the guy that's leading the conference is like well what i think she's trying to say is because mm-hmm. i literally just watched a movie about this oh yeah so after we recorded last the last podcast it was my mom and I went to go see the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie on the basis of sex. So which the whole entire movie, it's a Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like right when she's getting her degree, after she's gotten her degree, trying to find a job where she can represent somebody as a lawyer because no one wanted to hire her because she was a woman like she graduated top of her class at Harvard and Columbia. And no one wanted to hire her. Like you get to see one thing where it was, she was giving her input on, uh, working for a firm. And the guy was like, let me guess. You got turned down by all these, like this other firm. She was like, yes. How many you've been turned down by 12. Wow. And then when it gets down to, so can I work here? The guy was like, well, everyone else here is a man and they have wives and they'll get jealous. (sighs) And that was literally, you can't work for us because the men have wives and the wives get jealous as if that takes away from anybody's ability to work. Right. Which is just outrageous. And it goes back to this, like, boys will be boys. Like, you can't, um, you know, like the, the men are going to want to, you know, talk to you and be around you or say sexual things to you because they just, they just can't control themselves when a woman's in the room. Mm-hmm. And as if that's woman. the woman's fault or problem. Right. And so then you're going to, they're going to say all these things and then their wives are going to get jealous of them being around a woman because they know that their husbands won't be able to control themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's just not, not policing your husband, but policing like a potential woman that could be in the space. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically taking what the man does and just putting it all on the woman. And the woman has to bend to the will of the man in every single case. Because that was the big thing that was being fought for in the movie the whole entire time. Mm. Like, from the time that she first gets into law school, they had their first day of a class. And it was, a professor asks about this case. And she's the first person to put her hand up to answer the question. To which he looks at her 
looks down at his role and calls someone else's name. And it was somebody that didn't know. So he's like, does anybody else? She puts up her hand again. He calls on somebody else. The guy gives his input and it's just like, the professor's like, thank you. To which Ruth is like, um, actually, no, it's about this. And the whole entire time, the guy that just answered the question is trying to dog her on her answer to the point that she's like, I'm still going. Mm-hmm. Let me finish. And then she finishes and she's 100% right. The guy behind her was like maybe 60% and couldn't get there. She brought it to the full hundred. And afterwards, the teacher just looked at her just like, just made like a snide comment about uh, a woman being emotional or something like that. Mm. And then left it at that. Like the professor himself. Yeah. And I believe this was taking back, I think it was like 56. Wow. Not even that long ago. Yeah. It might be a little bit sooner, actually. Like it might be early 60s. But Mm -hmm. the majority of the movie ended up taking in the early 1970s. And this was when they were still fighting uh, like sexual discrimination, like gender discrimination, where it was the case they ended up taking was actually that made the big difference was a man was being discriminated against because of yep. being a caregiver. Oh, which, wait, I was thinking about the one with the beer. Did they talk about that case where basically Ruth Bader Ginsburg was able to get the ERA not fully ratified, but like uh, discrimination based on sex through the Supreme court by a case of a drive through station, like a brew through basically of people. There's people that were selling beer to college kids and like the men were being discriminated against because the women could buy beer at 18, but the men couldn't buy beer. No, this, it, that wasn't the case that was brought up in the movie. Gotcha. That's a good case. Th- and that was brought up in front of the Supreme court. That was, yeah, that was one of the first times that Ruth Bader Ginsburg spoke in front of the Supreme court. All right. Yeah. This takes place of before she ever gets to speak at the Supreme court. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it takes place. Uh, I believe in Colorado. And it was, there was a guy that's mother was, uh, handicapped. And they needed a caregiver. And so he tried to do a tax deduction on being a caregiver. But since he was a man, they wouldn't let that happen because a man can't be a caregiver. (laughs) That was the case that was being posed against him. So she ends up saying, well, this is a case in order to fight that there's discrimination on the basis of sex. Because I guess she kind of came to the conclusion of they're not going to listen to a woman about a woman. So let's pose it about man and be like, okay, now that I've got your attention, look over here and see what you're doing here too. That's the same thing that she did in the the second case as well. Kind of, cause knowing that the, the Supreme court was all men mm-hmm. and that like, given that perspective of seeing another man being discriminated against, they're like, wait a second, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know, seeing a woman being discriminated against, they're like, well, you know, there's some justifiable reasons. Yeah. And when it came down to this, like when they were talking was the judges of the circuit court were asking things like, well, this is something that it was thrust upon him that he couldn't help, but he can't claim it because this is a position for a woman. It's like, why is this not something that's thrust upon a woman? Like, why is this noted as a woman's job? Expected yeah. to not be paid. And not even job, just like expected to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> as a service. Because, yeah, the whole the whole problem with it was the guy never married. And it was basically... Basically, what the law was doing was it was making it was making it so that if somebody wanted to take advantage of this, they had to have gotten married. Like it was enforcing marriage on people that wouldn't necessarily want to get married and heterosexual marriage, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So it becomes this whole entire matter of you're forcing something on people and they end up listing all these things of, well, if we let women do this, like in the movie, then this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. The homes will fall apart. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of like, well, if the homes are falling apart, like I talked to my mom about this at the end of the movie. It's like if the homes are falling apart because the women have a better job, is better pay, then maybe men should treat their relationships better. Because like take care of their family. Yeah. In more than a financial way. Yeah. Because the way that I look at it is when you see all these older times, like when you look at even uh, The Help, the movie about uh, Black Help and uh, Emma Stone writes a book about their experiences. Like you have all these women in the movie and all of them don't work. They're all stay at home moms, but they have a nanny. So it becomes this whole thing of what are you really doing? But again, like I can't really put it on them. Like they don't have a choice so much because during this time they have to depend on their husbands for the income and they can't go out and get a job themselves. So it comes down to a matter of that. And now women can actually go to work, work the same jobs as men and take care of themselves. Women don't depend on men like that anymore. They were forced to depend on men like that before to the point that now that they don't have to if a man is treating a woman badly they just be like i don't want to deal with you bye and he would say well because we're doing this the women they the homes are falling apart is like no it's because you don't treat them right and they don't have any reason to stay the homes are falling apart if you treat them right they will stay and you won't have this whole entire problem you can't keep treating women like you work for me it's a partnership not uh patriarchy yeah Agreed. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we're very off topic, but okay. So let's go back to the the campaign itself. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that we're off topic. We're off the topic of Gillette, not toxic masculinity. Top- yes, yes. The topic should always be toxic masculinity, and it should not to, always be toxic masculinity. That's a I'm very getting, masculine, like literally masculinely oh toxic God, thing. You just like, it should always be about something dealing with men. <laughs> <laughs> trying to finish the sentence. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm sorry. Go for it. I don't know if I want to anymore. No, no, no. Just do it. Okay. So. But you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So some of the people. So we agree that this is, this is a good ad, right? Mm -hmm. This this, is saying good things. Yes. 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 Bertram is shaking his head. No. Well, I'm not. Stop. (laughs) I do have a well to go along with it when it comes to the ad itself. Yes. Yes. But we're we're probably getting there. I'm I'm not sitting here shaking my head. No, Daniel is lying to you people. (laughs) Fake news. Fake news. Okay. But like, honestly, when it comes to ads like this, they wait, wait, wait. We're not going there. We're going to get there. I. (laughs) I I just want a flow. There's a flow. Are you ready for the flow? I don't go. We have to jump cut so you can use the bathroom when we come back and we can't compose ourselves. <laughs> okay, so this, these are some of the reactions to people uh, seeing that, seeing this Gillette ad. Oh, I want to get to R.A. the Rogan Man. I saw a reaction from him and I was just like, what? Oh, I don't know. There's another guy named Ari. Maybe, maybe guy. I don't know how he identifies. Okay. Ari. This is his name. Um, I've been shaving since I was 12. Since the beginning, I used Gillette because that's what my father used. And now I will never use again. <laughs> and neither will my father. We've collective, collectively been your customers for 50 plus years. Never again. Boycott Gillette. 
Hashtag Gillette. Have you seen the picture of somebody throwing their Gillette razor in the toilet? No. <laughs> so I've seen that and people have just been like, have fun with your plumbing problems, man. <laughs> um, so this person is <laughs> at Mongo Aggression. I don't know what that means. Um, at Gillette has made it clear that they don't want the business of masculine men. I will grant their wish. <laughs> I have used Gillette razors since they sent me a free sample on my 18th birthday, and I will no longer buy any of their products. You just got done saying they sent you a set for free, and now you don't want them anymore because they made a campaign? I know. Okay, so this one is uh, the hashtag Gillette ad clearly calls out all sexual harassment and bullying and says, quote, some men are already doing fine, yet tons of men are going to take it as an attack on normal male behavior, quote. And we'll interpret it as painting all men with wide brushes, priceless. And so this gets into more of like the the good parts, you know what I mean? Of like, oh, not good parts, parts of like people agreeing with what's going on. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm a little conflicted about what that person's trying to say. Like, I feel like they're with it, but then they're also kind of like, but here's the problem with the ad. Right. And it's like, this is like, uh, I don't really know. It's like. I guess they're trying to say that like they support it. They support it, but they just don't like the presentation of it or something. It's kind of a weird one. Yeah. Um, another person. <laughs> uh, this is going into, again, like good, good points about the ad. Masculinity is not under attack. Masculinity is being redefined to not include harassing women or bullying people who are different than you. Masculinity is being expanded to a more loving place. And if you can't handle that, then you deserve to be left in the past where, where you are with your hate. Mm. Hmm. Thank you, Ryan Knight, American flag. And this is the one that I think that really gets me, and I think gets to the point that you were about to make or are about to make. No. Um. So this is this is a person named Clay Rootledge. We are living in an era of woke capitalism in which companies pretend to care about social justice to sell products to people who pretend to hate capitalism. So you have this understanding that like there's a there's a company right mm-hmm. Nike Gillette uh, Dove right that are doing these products doing these commercials that are like we're not like the others we're going to uh, challenge masculinity in this ad to get a whole bunch of buzz around it mm-hmm. right to show you that we're not with it buy our product because we're not with it right and then the people that are like me, right? That enjoy that like, oh wow, Gillette did this really cool ad. This is really awesome. Maybe I should buy their products, right? If I really hated capitalism, it wouldn't matter what they said or what they sold because mm-hmm. it's still all a part of capitalism. It's still all a part of this company of that's trying to make more money and this is just one way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So sure, they know like same thing with Nike that they're gonna have people that are gonna burn their Nikes or not buy their company anymore or whatever, but they're also going to have, because of this buzz, more people that are going to do it. So it's like you go down a little bit, but you go up a lot. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's still about profits. This is a profitable decision that they decided to make. This is a calculated decision that they decided to make. And it's not just like a solely like we're here for the good. We just want men to be better men. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're using their platform for good. I think they're doing a good job by not perpetuating, you know, harmful masculinity and toxic masculinity like many beer commercials do. But I think they're also, in the end, still doing it in a way that is focusing, really, if you look in the underneath of it, on their own selves. Like they're focusing on their own bottom line. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're going to go with it? That like this is fake capitalism, fake woke capitalism? 
No, it was more of a matter of these ads never get me. Oh, never mind. I thought I knew where you were going. No. Maybe we're not as... No, like, I saw the ad and I was just kind of like, okay. Like, Burger mm. King did an ad before about uh, bullying. And for that, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I agree with it all. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of the ad doesn't do anything for me. It's not going to make me want to buy their product anymore right. or anything like that. It's just a matter of, cool, whatever. <laughs> I'd say Nike's with... Kaepernick is the only exception mm-hmm. in my mind because when I watched that ad, it was more than just Kaepernick. Like right. he was doing like the narration for the whole entire thing and then popped up at the end. But mm-hmm. it was like they actually showed like people that have disabilities mm-hmm. persevering through it and like really working hard to accomplish what they're trying to do. And I was just kind of like, okay. I'm cool with that. And mm-hmm. you're like really putting these people on that. I don't know who they are. I just see that they're like pushing through everything that could hold them back to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a really good empowering thing that I was like, I can get behind this. And then when you see Kaepernick at the end, it's just kind of like, once your products coming out, Kaepernick, <laughs> but like it really wasn't so much a capitalistic mm-hmm. thing of like, Oh, Kaepernick has something. I want to go get it. It was more of a matter of Kaepernick has something. Who can I make mad with it? Mm, okay. It, like it was more like I support Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I love Nike. Mm-hmm. And if I make people mad in the process of buying Nike and Kaepernick stuff. Awesome. That's a, <laughs> that's an added bonus. <laughs> like it didn't really have much to do with the capitalistic thing. Unless mm. you want to say Nike picked up Kaepernick in order to build a profit. Uh, with capitalism to which I don't know I might say that they didn't do that because apparently they had been paying them under the table for like the two previous years since the controversy popped up hmm. so kind of hard to say but at the same time it's like if that was just just a ploy that one worked on me all the other ones it's just kind of <laughs> like okay hmm. like I like what you're talking about I can get behind it but it's not something where I'm just like wow great job i love absolutely love what you did because it's just like i feel like it's something that should just we should already have done i guess whereas like the nike one it wasn't a matter of this is something that we should have done this is a this is what people are getting done whereas in this case is like let's do this and it's just kind of like i agree sucks that we still have to do it right right exactly and I think that that's something, I don't know, going forward, I mean, I'll, I'll keep thinking about it as, I, I think I would use it more, not as a product, or if I'm using it with like the kids that I'm working with, I wouldn't use it as like a product to sell them on Gillette. I think I would use it as like a conversation piece to talk about masculinity. And I think it just shows masculinity in a way that's mm-hmm. attainable um, and that's like easily to digest in like a minute, 40 something second video. Yeah. So... That's something I think would be cool. Um, but I don't think that it's going to sell me on buying more Gillette products. I don't even know if I even own any Gillette products. I think I have some Gillette razors that I use, like the disposable ones. Sure. Just because gotta shave. <laughs> They're cheap. <laughs> but uh Gillette, gotta shave and it's cheap. <laughs> uh so okay. So you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? No. Because I'm not done with this topic. Okay. There was a R.A. the Rugged Man, who some people may know as uh, an independent rapper that kind of got blacklisted in the industry. 
And I saw a tweet from him the other day and it said toxic masculinity is another term to divide us even more. Now it's men versus women divide and conquer gay versus straight, rich versus poor, black versus white, Christian versus Muslim and on and on. If the people unite together and people have power, they don't want that. But my whole thing was when I read that, I was, this is a mindset I see with all those cases often. And it's a matter of you're creating division, you're creating division. But it's really more of we have a division. Look at the division. That's division. It's just like, why are you creating? It's like, no, 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 no. Look, that's division. It's like saying like a pipe burst and there's water spilling all over the floor. It's like, look, the pipe burst. We got to clean that. It's like, why are you creating problems? Like, I'm not creating a problem. I want to solve the problem. There's water on the floor. There's a broken pipe. Can we fix it? It's like, why do you have to give me more work? It's like, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those things where people really need to get out of this mindset of addressing something really causes division. Because that's toxic in and of itself. Maybe not so much toxic masculinity, but it's toxic thinking of itself on the subject of toxic masculinity. <laughs> it also just perpetuates the systems that we're a part of because if you're not willing to call something out, if you're not willing to uh, recognize it as a problem, then you don't need to solve it. There's nothing to solve. You know what I mean? Mm. If, it's, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So yeah, that's like, kind of like the, the mindset going in. Yeah, like the whole entire thing with like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie going back to that. It was men want to act like there wasn't a problem. They were acting like uh, discrimination on the basis of sex was just something that was being made up. But in actuality, like we look back at that now and we know that was heavy discrimination against women because like we can now look back at it. We can see how it is. We can see all the disparaging things. We can hear all the things that were said and we can prove how every little bit of it is wrong. But because that was the status quo. People didn't want to question it unless they were being afflicted by it. So in his case, he probably feels like with toxic masculinity be, being brought up, he probably feels like even if he doesn't feel like it's attacking actual masculinity, just like good masculinity, like he seems to think like this is something that's just going to pull people apart more. Like when it comes to you see... Like, after the shooting of an unarmed black person, and you have people saying that they hate the police, and people standing up for, like, getting an indictment. Not even getting a trial. Not even, like, getting the trial done and getting a guilty verdict. Like, getting the indictment in order to get to the trial. People are like, why do we gotta cause all this division? Why do you have to say anything? It's like, this has been a problem. Like, it's not a division that's being caused now. Like this is something that's been going on for a very long time. And because it's the status quo to ignore it, it's never going to get fixed. So it's going to consist consistently be a problem and you're not going to have to deal with it. But everybody else that's speaking out about it now deals with it constantly. So it's definitely something where people need to stop acting like, Oh, this is dividing us and be like, that's, a actual problem we really need to get to it and address it it's not a creation of a problem if something gets slapped with a label maybe look at why it got slapped with a label rather than being like oh that label no no anything but that that's division it's like subtract that mindset <laughs> subtract it episode title <laughs> quick maths <laughs> okay so are you ready are you ready are you ready are you ready let's do it i know um, let's do it so welcome yet. intro Trivia music. 
Welcome to the MLK Trivia Night with your host, Daniel Fairley, coming at you live, looking at my man, Bertram Zeke. Hello, people. <laughs> so, Bertram, uh, as we celebrate MLK Day coming up, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day on January 21st, and that's when it is, this year. Is that the Monday? Whatever it is, that's the day that we're celebrating. And so we're going to have a couple of trivia questions. There are, let's say, seven. I didn't count them. Uh, trivia questions that I have for you. <laughs> going into, we're just going to go into it. I'm, I'm not even going to introduce it. We're just there. I'm going to give you a question. There's going to be an A, B, C, or D, and then you get to choose. Right? Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm at least giving you options. Okay. It's not going to be like, you know, what year was Martin Luther King born? And then you just have to guess. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no. Um, so cool. So we're going to do that. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So that, that's actually the first question. <laughs> when was Martin Luther King born? January 21st, 1945. January 15th, 1929. January 18th, 1939. Or January 12th, 1906. What was C? C was January 18th, 1939. It's either B or C. Because he was either late 30s, early 40s. Let's go with C. Oh, I did. I sorry. I, didn't, I need to explain the, the prompt. So there's going to be a symbol that you're going to find for like a right answer. That's the right answer, right? Okay. And then for a wrong answer, it's the wrong answer. Okay. Guess what you got? Somewhere between one and... Wrong answer. <laughs> is it B? It is B. It is B. Who was down to those two? <laughs> the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born on January 15th, 1929 to Martin Luther King Sr. and Alberto Williams King. Hmm. Next question. Where was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. born? Atlanta. Salem, Alabama. Richmond, Virginia. Atlanta, Georgia, or Memphis, Tennessee? Atlanta, Georgia. No, I'm kidding. Yes, you got it right. <laughs> yeah, don't try to trick me of that. <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. So Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born on uh, or in the Auburn Avenue community where he lived with his grandparents and parents. He actually didn't leave Atlanta until he graduated from college at, bonus points, Morehouse? Yes, Morehouse. Boom. Congratulations, Morehouse University. <laughs> All right. Those are the easy questions. So <laughs> uh, here we go. So now we're gonna get into actually the hard questions. These are some things that I found out literally today. So, what was MOK's birth name? Michael King Jr., Martin Luther King II, Melvin Larry King Jr., or Luther Martin King? Junior. Hey. Ooh. Survey says. <laughs> yeah. I know that is uh his dad, like he was named after his father, and then his father changed his own name and changed his name along with it. Based yeah. on uh uh the theologian Martin Luther who wrote the 95 theses. Wow. 
yeah, the, all those things are right. Yeah, I have a little, yeah, wow, okay. Well, that, was, that was a surprising point. Boom. So the civil rights leader was born Michael King Jr., again on January Ow. 15th. And then in 1934, his father, a pastor in Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, traveled to Germany and became inspired by the Protestant, Protestant Reformation leader, Martin Luther. As a result, King Sr. changed his own name as well as the name of his five-year-old son. You know Martin Luther was actually anti-Semitic? I did not know that. He is. It's kind of sad. Well. It's a blemish on what he's done. Dr. Martin Luther King was not anti-Semitic. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's like, we got a good Martin Luther King that's not anti-Semitic. Okay. <laughs> um, what high school did MLK attend? North Atlanta High, Auburn Avenue High School, Northview High School, or none of the above? I'm going to go with none of the above. Man. Way to go, Virgin. You're killing this. I just King, got the first one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, but King was such a gifted student that he actually skipped grades 9 through 12 before entering into Morehouse and being enrolled um, from, like, he went to 8th grade to Morehouse. Mm. Wild. Um, so although he was the son, grandson, and great-grandson of Baptist ministers, King didn't intend to follow uh, the va- the family vocation until Morehouse president, a noted theologian named Benjamin Mays, convinced him otherwise. King was ordained before graduating college with a degree in sociology. So yeah, he didn't even go to college. He didn't even go to high school. That's wild. All right, next question. Oh yeah, what did Martin Luther King Jr. receive his doctorate in? Divinity, sociology, systematic theology. Or psychology? I'll go with psychology. Dang. Yep. It was theology, wasn't it? It was. It was systematic theology. He did earn a, div- uh, a degree of divinity from Philadelphia's Crozier Theological Seminary. And he attended graduate school at Boston University, where he received his PhD degree in 1955. The title of his dissertation was... I'm kidding. If you had got this, I would have walked out the room. A comparison of the conceptions of God and the thinking of Paul Fitt, Paul Tillich, and Henry Nelson Wyman. Yeah, if I were to take a stab at that, it would not have been that many words. <laughs> no way. And also, most of the time, the like at least when I see dissertations, they'll have like a colon. Like almost everyone's dissertation has a colon in it, mm-hmm. kind of like a shorter name and like the longer like what the name actually means. All right. Next question. How many times was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. imprisoned? Once, over 10 times, over 20 times, or over 50 times? C. Oh, wait, no. Yeah! (laughs) You just wanted me to be wrong. I did. (laughs) According to the King Center, the civil rights leader has been to jail 29 times. He was arrested for acts of civil disobedience and trumped up charges, such as when he was jailed in Montgomery, Alabama in 1956 for driving 30 miles an hour in a 25 mile per hour zone. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. Who is the only other historical American figure to have had his birthday celebrated and observed as a national holiday? George Washington, our Lord and Savior Thomas Jefferson. Sorry, that's a UVA thing. Wow. Um, (laughs) That is a messed up thing. (laughs) T. Jizzle, TJ. Um, Alexander Hamilton or Robert E. Lee? I feel like this is a trick question. Mm. 
because President's Day takes place on George Washington's birthday. Mm-hmm. But they literally tried to force Robert E. Lee's birthday on Martin Luther King Day. Like, it ended up being called Lee Stonewall Day, so... Nope, that's not the name of the day. Keep going. But it's D. No, and, it's not D. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not kidding. They Robert, no. Robert E. Lee and George Washington both have their birthday celebrated, but George Washington isn't celebrated as George Washington's birthday, so I'm going to go with D. It's actually A. Because George Washington was the only other American that, that's like, this is a national holiday. This isn't just a Virginia mm. holiday. Okay. It's the national holiday to have, have his birthday observed. You know what I mean? So his birthday is okay. observed as a national holiday is what like the answer is. Okay. You get what I'm saying? I guess so like, even though it's, my mind it's blanked out when day, you said national. Right. Like, um, so it's president's day. Yes. And that's celebrated on George Washington's birthday. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I just know get out of here with that Robert E. Lee's birthday stuff. I don't care where you are. Get out of here with that. Guess the next question is. So, although Ronald Reagan signed the bill into law um, to honor MLK on his birthday in 1983, Robert E. E. Lee's birthday on January 19th had been celebrated as a Virginia holiday since 1889. In 1904, the legislator added Thomas Stonewall Jackson, Mm -hmm. who was born on January 21st, to the holiday and Lee Jackson Day was born. And then in 1983, when, you know, President Ronald Reagan signed in, into law after Congress declared it, et cetera, the... Is this the next question? Or this is the next question. This is um, a long question. I know. So I'm just giving you some background. Uh, so then uh, in 1970, so after that was signed in, um, yeah, 1983, sorry, before that, in 1978, Virginia had actually celebrated Dr. King's birthday on New Year's Day. They had just, it was New Year's MOK Day until 1978. And then, but to align with the federal holiday and racism, <laughs> the Virginia legislator combined King celebration with the existing Lee Jackson holiday. Mm-hmm. When did Dr. King finally receive his own separate day recognized in the Commonwealth of Virginia? 1994, 1983, 2000, or 2018? 2018. Oh, 2000. It was in 2000 when Virginia Governor Jim Gilmore proposed splitting Lee Jackson King Day into two separate holidays. Even still, 2000. Mm-hmm. Until 2000, from 1983 until 2000, the state of Virginia thought it was apropos to have Robert E. Lee, Stonewall, Mother F. and Jackson. And Dr. King on the same day. Which is just a slap in the (laughs) face to the whole entire black community. Just like, my God, Virginia. It's disgusting. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was like the day that we would get off in school would be Lee Jackson King Day. Mm -hmm. But Um, is it really that surprising that it took so long considering, like we talked about before on a past episode where Mississippi finally outlawed slavery in 2003? Right, exactly. Uh, so, but that was, uh, yeah. So that, no, but now it's different. Now it's actually, you know, Dr. King day gets its own day. Although Lee Jackson day is still celebrated on the think, Friday before, yeah. uh, Martin Luther King day. And that's when all, uh, like statewide offices are closed. <laughs> Virginia, <laughs> can we come up with something else? If you want to have a day off. I know. Anything else. Anything else. Really. Make it, I don't know, 
January new moon day. Make it the clips day. <laughs> Push a T and no malice. Well, he used to be malice. Now he's no malice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make it about the clips. Make it about Pharrell. Make it about Tim. Make it about Missy Elliott. You can never go wrong with Missy Elliott. I don't even care if they have nothing to do with January. Pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else. Um, But yeah, so that, congratulations, Bertram. You have won MLK Day Trivia. Really? Because I got like half the questions wrong. No, no, you you got like a couple, right? Yeah, like half. You you surprised me. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't ask like... Uh, what, like, uh, where was Martin Luther King Jr. when he was killed, and what was he doing there? Oh, he was in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He was in a hotel. Well, not what he was doing at this specific time, like what he was doing in Memphis. Oh, when he was about to give a speech? Is that what you're talking about? I think he gave the speech. Oh. Well, then tell me. I only got Memphis, Tennessee. That, that's as far as you know? Do you know what, do you know what he was there speaking about? No, I can't remember. There was a sanitation strike that was happening. Wow. So he went there because after uh, fighting for the civil rights of black people, Mm -hmm. the next step was fighting for the underpaid. Mm. And the what would it be? Economically oppressed would be the correct term for it. Financially oppressed. Sure. So, yeah, the uh, sanitation workers were working in terrible conditions, bad pay. Mm hmm. And they went on strike, so he went to go speak there. And that's when he gave his uh, speeches like... uh, Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over... And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That was his final speech, which was like the day before he died. Yeah. Ugh. That's so hard. He did so many great things. He did. And yet, like, his quotes are now being used by, like, right-wing people. Oh, I hate that. I know. Like, just taking quotes, quotes out of context. That was going to be another one. Was I was going to do quotes and just, like, what do these did MLK actually say? <laughs> I, I think I would actually like ball out on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could like throw in some like Malcolm X quotes to try and like Ooh. throw me off. We can, we can do that like a we can do that as like who said it during Black History Month like mm-hmm. at some point. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Just if come. you enjoy the trivia section, let us know trivia facts you would like to learn more about. If you played along at home, how Ooh. did you do? That's another good one. If you got all the questions right. You must have looked at the same website I did. (laughs) Um, If you got all the questions right, you deserve to smile. Because you know a lot about a great man who did a lot of great things for this country that needs to get his own recognition on his own day without any racism anywhere near it. Even Friday. I know. Friday is still too close. Racism too close. (laughs) It's like, back away racism. Get away. (laughs) Any 
racism, racism needs to get so far away that there is not a single day on the calendar that you can contribute to it. <laughs> it was like, well, we're now in like June and July. It's like too close. Get it away. Because <laughs> then they can become circular, right? And then you get like, well, we're all the way in December. No. Now you're on the other side. It's like, you're too close. <laughs> it's like you're less than a month away. That's how, that's how they do it. It's like, you must be no closer than seven months away. It's like, but that's never an option. It's like, exactly. Mm. Leave. <laughs> Leave with your racist holidays. Well, Bertram, been in here for about six hours. Yes. <laughs> Although, it's been fun, so it didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there, if you're still listening, <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you everyone for hanging out with us for a little bit. If you're listening at one, 1.5, two, I don't know anyone that can listen at two, two times the speed. That's pretty fast. If you listen to at 0.5 speed, just oh. to slow it down and get more of us. Wow. Thank you <laughs> so much. <laughs> we appreciate you. Although like, legit, it's, it's probably kind of creepy though. <laughs> that would be kind of creepy. And we still only get one play off of that. So like, yeah, you know, so maybe just like re-listen if mm-hmm. you want to get more of us. Yeah. Plus there's past episodes. You can listen to those too. Oh, there's going to yeah. be more episodes coming out. Listen to those when they come. Listen to us on all of our platforms. <laughs> listen on Spotify, on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, host site Castos, YouTube. Just do it. Like Nike says. Just do it. And we are becoming a Nike sales team. I love Nike. <laughs> Nike is my favorite out of all of them. Like, I can't stand Adidas. Mm-hmm. Like Yeezy might have jumped over Jumpman, but I'm still going to get Jumpman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's going to be good. Thank you all again for listening. Um, happy for you all to join us again. If you have any suggestions, ideas, things that we should be talking about, things we should stop talking about, let us know. At our email, thefairpointpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Let the people go? Nope. I think the people can go. Let my people go. Is that a song? Yes. Yeah. Go down, Moses. (laughs) I'm always going to remember that from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. (laughs) Do you remember that episode? I don't, actually. It was uh, Carlton was driving... Uh, Uncle Phil's uh, acquaintance, like co-workers mm-hmm. car to uh, some, what was it, like a resort or beach or something. And Will ends up stowing away in the car. And so they're in the car driving and Carlton's driving along like two miles per hour because he's trying to figure out where he's going because he has no clue where he's going. And a police officer pulls him over and basically arrests him. I think I do remember this part. Mm-hmm. And then they end up being stuck in a sit, uh, cell with this one, like, big white dude in, like, a leather vest and everything. Anyway, like, he was, like, this really tough-looking guy. And so Will tries to get Carlton to cheer up. He's like, when Israel was in Egypt land. And Carlton's like, let my people go. And then they're, like, stand there. And then their heads just, like, whip to the side as the other guys in the cell just go starts going, like, all operatic, like, Go down, Moses, way down in Egypt land. Bertrand, this is really deep. This is really deep into this cut. Let my people go. (laughs) Goodbye.